0: You're listening to episode 41 of Weight Coach with Joanne Philomena, professional life coach and weight loss coach. This is a Joanne the Life Coach podcast production. I teach permanent weight loss through overcoming the urge to overeat and releasing that diet mentality forever. The eating part is the easy part to fix. It's All the rest that creates the issues of regaining weight and unhappiness. That's where I come in. Let's get your best life and your best body. Hi guys, welcome back. I've got some great stuff to share with you. I want to talk to you about some of the basics that I have worked on and where I come from as a weight loss coach. Um, I also want to tell you guys the 12-week stop overeating class that I've been doing. I remember, I said I was gonna just do this as a one-off class. Let's just do it. It has been so amazing, and I know you're like hearing that from the person doing the class. <laughs> I've got to get, I've got to get my ladies to just come on the podcast and tell you about their experience of this because we have had so much fun. We have worked through so much stuff um, and I am loving it. Already I've had more people reaching out to me about the class, so uh, why? stop a good thing. alright I'm going to go ahead. Yes, I am. I'm going to offer this class again. And I will tell you all about it at the end of this podcast. If you don't want to listen to this whole thing, fast forward towards the end, get the details where you can reach out to me about this. All right. Um, my email, I'll tell you right up front. That way you don't have to listen to the end, but you should listen to the end or skip to the end. My email is Joanne, J-O-A-N-N, no E, Joanne at com. Okay. Anyway, I want to cover what I've come to believe and understand about weight loss. Um, my weight loss years, And how I've become more and more obsessed about food, exercise, and my body. I thought if I could just be skinny, everything would be fine. Right? Unfortunately, I was born in an era where the answers that were provided for my weight issues were wrong. Surely you can relate to that time period when it was all low-fat everything. Right? Over my life... I have become so committed to finding out what the answer is. And I'm telling you in the past, I tried everything. I've told you guys, I became the science lab for weight loss plans, right? Then I became really obsessed with working out, thinking I could burn it all off, right? They tell you more muscle burns more calories. Of course, every time I lost and regained weight, my weight went higher, I can remember back in the 1980s. Okay, yeah, I'm dating myself, you guys. But doing jazzercise classes. And um, finally, the first gym I joined, it was like a ladies' gym. And, uh, you know, I had the workout circus on the machines. But we also had cardio classes. And we would just go balls to the wall crazy. I mean, we weren't even paying attention to our heart rate. I'm sure my heart rate was somewhere through the roof in those classes because we would just go all out until we were ready to collapse onto the floor. Finally, I hit on Janine Roth. Do you know of her? Um, She was all about intuitive eating. And I thought when I found, um, what was it about her book about the hungry heart? I thought I had found the Holy Grail. It all sounded so right, and I knew we were creating our own reality. I had already hit on that, so I followed everything she said, right, about intuitive eating and not resisting, and for the first time in my life, I ballooned to over 200 pounds. I kept thinking, surely my body is going to mellow out at some point, and the gaining will suddenly stop, like Janine says. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't. And the horrible humiliation of losing a great deal of weight and having it all come back on. Oh my God. Have we all gone through that? I remember my first time with Weight Watchers. Um I was obsessed. I'm telling you obsessed. And that's when I really like I downloaded this app in my brain called Diet Mind 2.0. It was so bad. I could take a bite of something and before it even hit my lips, my brain had already calculated the points, right? And the calories and how much I would have to do at the gym to burn that back off. It was insane. Anyway, and I, my first experience with Weight Watchers, I took off like 80 pounds Okay, and I did it, I think, over about a six month period of time. Um, I was like my Weight Watcher meeting superhero like Joanne did it. Look at her. I was working out like a mad woman. And the insanity of it was I went from a size 22 down to a size 4. And that's before vanity sizing started making all our sizes bigger and bigger. So a size four then was like a size zero now. And um, I actually was down at a weight that there was no way I was going to be able to maintain. There was no way I would be able to hold on to that weight. And I stayed that weight for, you know, I jokingly say for about a day, maybe a week (laughs) maybe a week. And that weight all came back on so fast. And I cannot even begin to describe the humiliation I felt because I couldn't hide it. I couldn't hide it that I was spilling out of my clothes and going back to my bigger and bigger and bigger sizes. And all these people at work that were just so behind me and so in awe of what I had done and thought she succeeded, she did it, my family, right? I would just wanted to lock myself in a closet and never leave again. Was so awful. So starving and binging and feeling horrible all the time just kind of became a pattern in my life. So then I decided if the psychological answer is feeling my feelings, I needed to find a way to work through that stuff, right? I dove into it. And when I hit on the self-coaching model, when I decided that I was leaving the corporate world and I was going to become um, a life coach, that that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life because I had coached my teams in the corporate world and I loved doing that and it's what made me so successful at my job in the corporate world. My teams were killing it, right? My teams were killing it because I was able to coach them and make them excited about what they were doing with their jobs and with their lives. It was an amazing time. But the corporate world really got into becoming number crunchers because of the granular data we can accumulate now through computers. And the CEO would look at all that, all those numbers on my team And come back and say, we have to reduce our workforce, so you need to let this one, this one, and this one go based on their bottom line numbers, not based at all on what their contribution was to our overall team. It was horrible. Anyway, I won't go any further into that. But needless to say, I decided this was not for me. I could not just be a numbers cruncher, and I missed coaching. So that's what I wanted to do, and I wanted to learn how to apply it for weight loss. And when I began to research schools for life coaches where I could go get certified, um, I looked at a bunch of them. There are quite a few out there. And then I hit on the life coach school out in California. And um, I saw the self-coaching model that Brooke Castillo had developed and I knew that was it it totally meshed with my beliefs. It meshed with everything I had learned over the first 20 years of my adult life, that we create our own reality with our thoughts. And this had the feeling piece that had been missing from every weight loss program I tried. So I was all in on that. And it took me a while. It was a lot of money and study and <laughs> practice, but I became a certified life coach and weight loss coach. And what I initially learned in there was eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, and everything else is drama. Okay? And once you get that, once you get how, how you need to feed your body, And to know when you're actually hungry and how to stop when you're full, that's the easy part. Believe it or not, that is the easy part. Everything else is the drama in your life. And I can teach you how to deal with that drama. Okay? So initially, what I learned was working amazingly for people. What I initially coached and what I've initially broadcasted on on this podcast was eating six meals a day and eating from minus two to plus two on the hunger scale, right? So the basic hunger scale helps us identify the difference between emotional hunger and physical hunger and to never eat unless you're physically hungry and on that scale and if you don't know what i'm talking about you can go back to my early episodes and look for the hunger scale i don't teach it the same way anymore though beware i have really evolved this because on the hunger scale when you're eating from minus 2 to plus 2 it's really a very very small amount of food and i loved that this taught my clients how to tune into their actual Hunger their physical hunger, and get in touch with that again. It made them pay pretty close attention to their body. I did this and was amazed at the things I began to learn about myself and my hunger. All the rest was the emotional work, figuring out what's going on in your head what's driving you to overeat. But I also dove into every study I could get my hands on and get better understanding of the science behind all this. Right? To my horror, the first thing I uncovered was that calories in, calories out was a lie. It's a lie. The psychological effects of slowly dropping weight have been known by the medical community since 1943. And they've done nothing to work on the psychological side of this. Yet the medical recommendation to this day is to eat less and move more. In other words, calories in, calories out, and all the horrible psychological side effects be damned. I'm telling you, I discovered that calories is not what makes us fat. You see, I also had the experience of being married to a brittle diabetic who ate on the Atkins plan for life. Okay? um, Jim was one of Dr. Atkins' patients, right? We lived in New York City, and he went to Dr. Atkins. It was one of Dr. Atkins' patients. And when I met Jim, we fell in love, and I married him. I had to learn how to cook in the way that was going to support what he was doing. Simply because being a brittle diabetic, brittle diabetic means that his insulin receptors were pretty much burned out. His body was making insulin, but his body couldn't use his insulin. Didn't The cells couldn't even recognize that insulin was there. And he would have to inject more and more and more artificial insulin to make his cells see it and react to it. So really, even though he was injecting a lot of insulin, on the flip side, we had to keep really close rein on what he was eating to prevent his body from having a lot of insulin in it or to have a lot of sugar in his bloodstream. Okay. Because the lower we could keep the sugar in his body, then the less the need to release insulin and to inject insulin. So basically um, he was on Atkins where people think of Atkins being like paleo, but it's not really. Um, But it was very, very low carb because carbohydrates trigger insulin release. And that's when I began learning about hormones initially and how they work in our body. And it began to occur to me, this is why the hunger scale didn't always work. Because if our hormones are out of whack, then trying to discover where our hunger is and eating from two to two is not going to work. Eating on Atkins does not always work. You know, when Jim and I were first married and, you know, he was eating Atkins, I was cooking that way. And he was saying, Joe, you've got to try this. This is like magic. You just go low carb. I can work with you on the dietary supplementation you need to take because, uh, folks, Dr. Atkins is just not a way to eat. I know people out there that would eat the Atkins diet and not have any supplements at all. And Dr. Atkins would call that suicide. He prescribed a lot of supplementation to make sure that your body's getting everything it needs. Okay. So anyway, Jim was like, try it, try it. And I was like, what, what have I got to lose? Except, you know, probably about 80 pounds. (laughs) Okay. So, um, I did a Dr. Atkins with him and the first week I lost quite a bit of weight. And the second week I lost nothing. And the third week, I lost nothing. And the fourth week, I lost nothing. And I began to say, hey, this isn't working. And Jim was like, this has to work. It has to work. So we checked in with Dr. Atkins about it. And guess what? Dr. Atkins says about a third of the population, this plan doesn't work for. Joanne, you're just in that one third. You need carbs back in your diet. I was floored. Jim was floored. He didn't know it didn't work for one-third of the population. Most people don't know that it doesn't work for one-third of the population. It just doesn't. Okay, so I learned Atkins doesn't always work. And I began learning more about hormones. Meanwhile, I was doing the emotional work and the thought work, like obsessed, because this was working almost entirely by itself. I began to realize that ninety percent of the job was thought work, and as I began to move beyond the emotional hooks, I could sanely start tweaking my eating to test out all that I was learning about, like you know eating lots of fat and protein, I was testing intermittent fasting that's something I started I heard um Dr. Mike Mosley's BBC special he did called Eat Fast and Live Longer back around 2013. And um, I began trying out the intermittent fasting pattern. He investigated intermittent fasting as an answer to longevity and putting his body chemistry back in balance. He's a doctor. His father died very young of coronary disease. And he was starting to see in his own blood work, the indicators that he was going to follow right on his father's path. So he was looking into longevity and it turned out intermittent fasting does amazing things for your body. And oh, by the way, it has the side effect of losing excess weight. Oh, I jumped on that. (laughs) <laughs> okay I jumped on that and was testing the days that I was testing it when it first came out it was um called five two. five days of the week you would eat normally and then two separate days in the week you would fast and that was doing amazing things when I was testing it I also was testing balanced eating all of my nutritionist friends right so once you get over the emotional hook, you can begin to tinker with what you eat and not eat. Okay. And not have it send you into a binge or freak you out. So that's kind of all of the background research I did to pull this all together into one course that lays out the protocol for eating really easy choices to make. And to put this together, it puts it all together, people. And, you know, when I did this first 12-week class, I didn't want it to be a course that they would just come to and listen to the information, be entertained by it, say, wow, she's amazing, this is fascinating, this is good stuff to know, and then never do anything with it. There are so many courses I've done in my lifetime. I know we all do this. Learning it all is so inspiring. Our brain just wants to gobble it all up, but then we don't actually do it. In my class, we do it. We're going to learn in bits and we're going to apply it. And then we're going to learn some more pieces and apply it. We're going to figure out what you need to do to eat at your best number. Okay, we're going to pick a weight for you. In class, I have picked weights. Sometimes it's lower than expecting, than they were expecting. Specifically, because I wanted to push my people in that class. I wanted to let it freak them all out. Bring up their emotions so we could deal with them. It's fantastic. So I'm going to share some of this knowledge with you guys here today. I want to tell you, Brooke Castillo, who I mentioned earlier, she's the master coach that I studied with love her to death. And she has a theory about sawdust bars. Okay. She said, okay, sawdust bars are two bars that have all the nutritional needs that you need for your body in a day, but they taste like sawdust. Okay. These are not like chocolate protein bars. No, 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 These are sawdust bars. Pretend. Okay. Pretend with me. You can have these two bars that taste kind of like sawdust, but if you eat these two bars each day and nothing else, you'll have all the nutrients you need and you will trend down towards your ideal weight until your body is at its ideal weight eating these sawdust bars. And In our coach training, someone accidentally called them stardust bars, and that was so much better. (laughs) We decided we were having stardust bars. So the question for everyone is this, would you be willing to eat two stardust bars every day and have complete physical health and give up all the other food that you eat for entertainment to escape? to get away from boredom, right? You're going to give all that food up and you're just going to have the stardust bars. Okay. If you could do that, would you do that? Ask yourself why you, why you would want, why you would do that. And also ask yourself, why not? If you're saying no, no, like I'm giving up popcorn at the movies. No way. Why not? You could have, here, take them, these two Stardust Bars. I'll give you enough for life. You just eat two Stardust Bars every day. You are going to be in perfect health, and you will slowly, your weight will trend down, and pretty soon you will be at your perfect weight. Why not? You see, the point is you remove all the entertainment from your food. You remove all joy food. All escaping into food. It removes all the pleasure from food. Why won't most of us give that up? This is fascinating. What is it about the food that we don't want to give up? Is it the chewing, the taste, the comfort? Understanding the answers to that for you is so important. It's so important to know why it is that you are finding all your comfort in food. Why are you finding all your joy in food, all your pleasure in food? Shouldn't there be other places in our life that we can find comfort and pleasure? Where else in our life can we create joy? I know it sounds crazy, but this is part of the process. Okay. The least amount of pleasure you're seeking in food, the better. I want you to make your food boring and your life exciting. That is my big goal. Let's fix your life. Let's make your life amazing. Then you don't need food to make your life amazing. Your life is just amazing. Let's take all the pleasure, comfort, joy, entertainment away from your food and then let's see what's left in your life. I did that and I've got to tell you, for most of us, when we take all our comfort, joy and entertainment away from food and then to see what's left, what remains is kind of a mess. That's the truth. There's a lot of negative emotion. That's what we need to work on. We begin to reduce your desire for food on a scale of one to 10. How much do you think you desire food? I know I used to desire food probably right up at a 10. Okay. For most of us, it is. And it's going to be very challenging to take that away without removing the desire. That's what we're faced with. If we go to Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, paleo, ketogenic, any diet plan. You think of systems, all those I've run. What you're doing is you are trying to take all your desire away from the food. Your desire for food is a 10, and now you're trying to just drop that food right down without doing anything about removing the desire. Is it any wonder you can't maintain that? You're left feeling deprived and wanting, right? You have that diet brain, which means you're going to beat yourself up when it doesn't work. And the truth is calories in, calories out does not work. It's not you that's broken. It's the plan that's broken. It's the diet that's broken. That's what happens to most of us. We desire the food at a 10, but we make ourselves eat on a plan And then we're miserable and we can't sustain it because we have no pleasure. We have no comfort. That was all in our food. Now, natural whole foods at one time gave us a little tiny bit of pleasure. It's like a hit of dopamine in the brain when we would eat. And that was how we are designed so that we would desire them a little bit. And it was enough to keep us alive. It kept us going out of our cave to hunt or to go pick berries. That little bit of desire for food because we would get that little hit of pleasure every time we ventured beyond our cave and found food. What we've done for food now concentrates the food. You've got a whole grocery store outside of your cave, right? You've got Oreo cookies outside of your cave, and it increases the hit of pleasure in our brain. Now we get big hits of dopamine, and our desire for it rises proportionately. That's why food manufacturers are designing food that you find in the grocery store so that it makes a maximum hit in your brain to release maximum dopamine so that you are wanting to come back and do that again and again and again and again. It's just like a heroin addict. It's just like doing crack. Those center aisles of the grocery store, most of what's in there is food heroin. Our brains begin to think if we don't have more and more and more of that, wow, we'll die. Right? So we break that cycle in the class. We do. And you can do that too. You can break that cycle. But you must make the commitment to yourself to do that. When you make the commitment, it feels great. You're excited. The very next thing that happens is reality sets in, (laughs) right? Okay, you've committed. You've gone and bought the food that you know you should be eating, right? Bunch of vegetables, maybe a little fresh fruit, some fish, some chicken. You're like, I'm on it. I know exactly what I eat that makes me lose weight. And before you know it, deprivation, fear, anger, confusion, doubt, overwhelm, rebellion, it all stirs up. And what do we make that mean? We make it mean this was a terrible idea. The program is terrible. I'm terrible. I'm a failure. I can't live on chicken and vegetables. Okay, that's normal. As soon as you commit to doing this, that's what's going to happen. Be aware of it. Because all of that other stuff that comes up, remember I told you, once you set up your protocol for yourself, that's the easy part. It's the easy part to figure out the foods that you know you can eat and lose weight on. It's the easy part. The hard part is everything else that's left. It's all the drama that's going to come up, the fear, the anger, the deprivation, the rebellious child that says, I just want to eat what I want to eat. How do you get beyond that? That takes courage, people. Total courage. You have to have courage and move forward despite feeling that way. Most people quit as soon as all of that drama comes up because they don't know how to handle it. But you can learn how to handle it. You can learn how to feel terrible. Okay. Allow yourself to feel terrible and have the courage to go beyond it. You know, when I became widowed, those of you who don't know, I also have a podcast called Widowcast and I coach widows. I teach widows how to coach widows. When I suddenly became a widow and I left my income from the corporate world to become a full-time coach, Oh, I'm telling you, you want to talk about the drama coming up, the fear. I thought for sure I was going to become a bag lady. It was horrible fear. fear. And then I had to face learning, social media, digital marketing. I was all terrified. I was terrified. I was in the throes of feeling grief and loneliness. And I still did it all because I was able to muster that courage. So, once you're willing to stay in that uncomfortable place and learn to manage your mind past all those emotions, past all the drama, then you become very capable of doing the things that you want to do to get the results you want in your life. All right? You have to get through that in between time of change. It's not easy, it's uncomfortable. Because all of those feelings of resistance come up, but you can breathe through it. So, that's what I want you to be able to do. I want you to be able to start looking at how much pleasure and joy and comfort are you deriving from food instead of finding it in your life. And then think about all of your emotions that come up when you even think about that. Okay? Not easy. It's not easy to deal with that, but boy, you can. And I'll tell you what, it's exactly where you come out the other side. You come out the other side with a life that is so exciting, so much pleasure, so much joy in your life. You don't need to seek it in food anymore and your default eating patterns become the eating patterns that support your normal weight. So, the 12-week stop over eating class has been amazing. I've loved it, they've loved it, and I've already had somebody give me a deposit towards the next class so i'm absolutely doing the next class um if you are interested the second class is, will be starting friday october 22nd and it will run for 12 weeks now we may have to skip meeting the week of christmas meaning that it will go for 13 weeks but you will have 12 classes okay we are going to run this right through the end of the year. And in week 12, we will be celebrating the new year together as the new version of you. Forget new year's resolutions. Okay. Because by then, by the time new year hits, we're going to be stepping out. We are transforming what your normal fallback way of eating. We're transforming your life. We're going to deal with all the drama that's left after we get the focus off of food. So that's the next class. Okay, October 27th for 12 weeks, right through the end of the year, right through all the holidays, and we are stepping out come New Year's as the best version of us. So if you're interested in doing this, reach out and get on a call with me. We can do this. It's easy. <laughs> email me. Again, my email is Joanne J-O-A-N-N, no E, J-O-A-N-N, at joannthelifecoach.com. Just drop me an email. Let me know you're interested and that you will be committed to doing this. You're not going to treat it like this is just another fad diet thing I'm going to try because that's not it and that's not what I want for you. It's committing to doing the real work of your life for 12 weeks while dropping weight. So shoot me an email, Joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. We will get on a call together. We'll go over all the particulars. And if you want in, we will get you started and ready to roll for October 27th. I can't wait. Oh my God, that's like four days before Halloween too. Let's head off all that Halloween candy. Let's do it. Until then, find joy in your life, not in your food. And I hope I can get back on here and talk to you all next week. I'm going to have new stuff to tell you about. I'm excited. I've got something that I'm doing this weekend and I'm going to bring back good information for us. Okay, you guys till next week. Bye.